Welcome back to Down for the Count, everybody. As always, we got the hosts. We got all four ladies here today. So say hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hello. So we're gonna we're gonna try to give you guys a full episode today, but we're gonna start off with Monday Night Raw. So <laughs> it wasn't much too raw. But I will say it was better than it's been. There are two things to take away from Raw. Miz decided to recuse recuse himself from the actual match at Elimination Chamber. And they decided to have him compete against Kofi to either put Morrison in the match or to put Kofi in the match. Kofi won, so Kofi is now in the Elimination Chamber match. They had a gauntlet match, and Sheamus is now the last entrant. Here's the deal with that. I I really wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish they would have just left it as Kofi is an entrant, and then we find out how everybody comes in at Elimination Chamber. They're ruining Elimination Chamber. Similar to the way they've been ruining royal rumble and sometimes survivor series like you you kind of give it away before you get the chance to watch it uh i just i haven't really been watching wrestling uh the past two weeks i have been dealing with some with some shit going on um but when we first saw the picture from elimination chamber i told all these girls i said that is the biggest jar of mayonnaise i've ever fucking seen in my entire life and that is that is no insult to drew that's no insult to jeff you know but it's just like what the what the fuck man like this is you couldn't think of anybody else to put in here you couldn't like give ricochet i know god knows we he wouldn't win but you couldn't put Ricochet in there. You couldn't put Ali in there. You couldn't put any of the Hurt Business guys in there. Like, like what the fuck, man? No, apparently all the former WWE champions were the ones who were chosen to be in the match. The problem I had with that was Kofi wasn't selected right off the bat. They gave it to The Miz. And Kofi so- was cleared. That, but that just raises a whole nother set of questions that I have. Miz mm-hmm. still has that stupid fucking briefcase. Yes. So why was he, I get it, he's a former WWE champion. A lot of people tend to forget that. Yeah. But um, he still had the money in the bank briefcase. What, why? Why the fuck would they even put him in there if he still has that briefcase though? I don't know. I didn't think he, it was necessary for him to be in it either. But Kofi was cleared when they announced the money in, not the money in the bank, but the Elimination Chamber participants. Kofi was cleared by then. He had wrestled at least twice. So I didn't understand why Kofi wasn't chosen to begin with. Yeah. Girl, you know why. Same reason Ali's not in there. We just don't move on. (laughs) It hurts the brain. It hurts. Now, this Lacey Evans thing is, um, it's ridiculous. 
yesterday they had a match for Lacey Evans and Peyton, and they were going up against Oscar and Charlotte. I said again. Yep, it was a repeat match. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna put this on mute right quick. What I noticed in that match, first of all, was Lacey never really got in the match. Peyton pretty much worked that match by herself. And then when she got tagged, she backed out, her and Rick back up the ramp, and then she tells Charlotte that she's pregnant. And we're all standing there like, we're just sitting here like, what the fuck? And Ric Flair is dancing around, talking about he gonna be a daddy. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, wait Oh, I'm like, what? <laughs> we you okay? The the killer part about it is she really is pregnant by her husband. She truly is pregnant, and they're gonna run with the storyline for as long as they can. It is not getting scrapped from what I saw. I mean, I feel like if you're going to find a way to write her out because she, you know, she is pregnant, congratulations, Lacey. They could have yeah. done that a better way than to be like, oh, she's pregnant, so let's do the thing where it might be Rick's baby. I feel like they could have they done something different with that. Um, They, pro- they probably could have done something different, cause, but the thing is, they didn't find out till that day. Right, and there's no telling what time she told them either. And allegedly, she told them that morning when she got there. So they were supposed to be um, there to practice, and she got there and told them, told the WWE officials and everybody she needed to tell. She told them then, so that because that's when she found out. She didn't know until that morning. So that's what she told me. At least that's what I'm getting from the reports that people are writing. So we have to say it's alleged until Lacey come out and says something. And she's not, she's- She's probably won't. And she doesn't necessarily need to as well. She's just working the kayfabe in the story like she's supposed to. But it it makes me one, first of all, the question has to be asked then why the hell did you have this match in the first place? Because you could have done all of this backstage in a small vignette and we didn't have to suffer through watching Peyton get her ass kicked for five minutes. So logic would tell me that you could have just held off on all of this and had Charlotte come back there like she was going to beat her up again and then it would have worked the same way. Same effect, minimal effort and nobody would be out in the, in the Thunderdome fighting and we wouldn't have to suffer through that we ha- wouldn't have to sit through another crappy Peyton Royce match exactly and then another problem is now she came and what killed me was when she came out she was talking as if she was going to wrestle Sunday at Elimination Chamber against Oscar. she was like I'm gonna get the title then she gets to the apron and they're getting the match and she's like whoa 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 I'm pregnant which is why a lot of people are like oh this is a work it's not real well, right now, Asuka's match is up and in arms. Nobody knows who she's going to compete against. And that either that match is going to be pulled or they're going to switch it up and figure out some kind of way to give her an opponent at Elimination Chamber. 
this could have been rectified very easily. All they oh. had to do was just kill this match, set up the tournament, and either give it to Mandy. You got you could have people playing double duty. If you're gonna do um, a tag team title match at Elimination Chamber with Nia, Shayna, Lana, and Naomi, then let Lana, Shayna, or Nia be the one to compete against Asuka. And then you could push that thing forward to Fastlane and if necessary, push it forward to WrestleMania. It isn't difficult. Uh, I just, of course, Lacey, um, I mean, because now it is coming out saying she is pregnant. So congratulations to her, of course, to her and her husband. And, um, you know, she, she's an amazing mom. Like, I don't, I don't care too much for her character on TV right now, but she is a great mom and, um, more, you know, again, but it's like, is anyone else getting Mike and Maria vibes or is it just me? No, this is just a rehash of another trashy storyline that wasn't popular back then and again i'm really gonna have to like not just being not just being a mom myself but like having friends getting pregnant during this uh during this pandemic because corona is still out there whether you guys fucking want to be or not um sorry had to catch my breath there um they're gonna have a pregnant woman in Florida, come to work where they have wrestling, which is a physical sport, which we talked about this in the episodes when Mike and Maria were a thing, where she was going to continue to be at ringside, continue to be around back, and all it's going to take is for one freak accident to happen, and then something bad is going to happen. Is that what they're going to do? Because I, mean, I don't think so. I, I feel like maybe they'll, she just won't be on I don't know but this, they I think they just need to drop this because honestly like people are like you guys are bitching that Charlotte's not in the title thing blah blah like you know it's just saying this but I'm like no because honestly we're tired of just being treated like we're fucking idiots like like Tiff loves trashy storylines <laughs> she lives she lives for him she loves him she likes it messy but when she's on here going this is fucking stupid. You know, it's just like, and then it's just, it's just nasty. Like, you know, like it's weird that they did this because like I was talking to Daryl, I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, who's the lead singer of the fucking Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. Yeah. He had a, he had a kid in his seventies with his like 26 year old girlfriend. Mm. And I'm just like, just that, oh, that's disgusting. This isn't the fucking Attitude Era. As much as you guys want it to be, it's not the Attitude Era anymore. I don't think people want the Attitude Era, to be honest yeah. with you. You'd be surprised. I really don't. Because they say that, and then when they when they kind of revisit it, they shit on it. I mean, like, they're tearing it apart. They did it with Buddy Murphy and Aaliyah's story. They're doing it now with this one. They did it. Um, they almost tore Zelina Vega and them story apart with the um, um, poisoning of um, Montez and stuff. Like they were just like, oh, so now we're spiking people's drinks, and it's just, it's it's like you damned if you do and damned if you don't. So yeah. 
I I don't know. This this one I'm gonna have to they need to go back to the drawing board. I think they should scrap it. Ric Flair could still be interfering in Charlotte Flair's matches. He doesn't need yeah. Lacey Evans to do that. And I no. think Lacey should just go home. I'm not saying that she's not allowed to be a wrestler, but once you get pregnant, it's not about you anymore. It's about your kid. And she's a good mother. She's gonna do what is best for her child. So I mm-hmm. Even though I know that she could work it, and Alexis is right, it's COVID. There's a pandemic, and there's people who have been affected by COVID in your vicinity, in around you. So even though they have strenuous, rigorous texting, you can still catch the virus just by minor mistakes. So, or you could be around someone who's asymptomatic and they don't even know it. That is yeah. true. It's true. And it's all, but also at the same time, I can't see them forcing her to go to tapings. Yeah. Because they've, because they've, they've been accommodating to people who weren't comfortable, like KO for a time. Sammy Zayn was at home for a long time. Yeah. The entire mm-hmm. stretch, um, Roman was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar, when he was gone, um, there's quite a few superstars that are like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable right now, so I'm not going to come in. So they did it. So I don't think they'll necessarily, like, I don't think they'll force her to keep going to work. I feel like Lacey just wants to be on TV, so I think that's kind. That's probably going to be more so on her. Yeah. yeah it's just I would not... just scrap it. I, I'm, I'm yeah. I would just make an executive decision and be like, look, you're pregnant. Um, the storyline wasn't doing that great to begin with. So Mm-mm. we're just gonna cut it. We're gonna cut it now. Elimination Chamber isn't gonna change anything about the future. So we're gonna cut this and let this go. When you come back, we'll figure out something else for you. Right. And I just ever because I got a lot of because I got a lot of heat when this Mike Maria thing was going on, and they're like, "Oh, you're you're just being blah 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 because she's pregnant." I'm like, "No," because when I got pregnant, I was playing roller derby. No show. Shit. And that is, is, it's not like wrestling, but you do get knocked down. Like I got knocked down and I had six heavy bitches fall on me. Like, so when I say I've had what, worse, pregnant? No, no, I was no. But oh, was getting, my God, that's what's no, not when I was pregnant, but we were very careful. Like they told us, they're like, if you think you're pregnant, go get a pregnancy test and let us know ASAP. Because it got for a while where half our league was getting knocked up and they would just show up and watch practice, which is fine. But we had a inexperienced skater almost fall on them because they thought they were they could skate faster than they could. And they almost landed on the pregnant woman. And then uh, so, you know, no more pregnant women at practice even to just watch. So that's when I got pregnant. I, I told my coach, I said, I'm out. I said, I'm, she goes, what are you talking about? I sent a picture over to the of the pregnancy test to her. Like, I got, I got this. I can't do this this season. I can't. And I, it's just, it's just the scary thought that it only takes one wrong thing to happen. And that's what pissed me off about Maria. A lot of things pissed me off about her. But this in general, like, you're going to be around athletes and people, and you want to be at ringside with your husband. And I get that because you have nothing else better going on in your life except when you're pregnant. But like uh, one wrong thing could happen and it could it could really not be a good thing. 
like that's that's the thing that pisses me off it's like you're mm -mm. but it just it irks me yeah like i said i think she's like I said, she is a good mother i'm pretty sure she's like i'm just gonna stay home like i'm all for having a side feud with charlotte so she's not always in the main title a side feud it's just that the side feud storyline they chose it's not a good storyline like you're, you could have done better things than having Lacey playing like oh I'm going for my sugar daddy you know Ric Flair like I don't for me it's like it's how they choose the storyline and what storylines they choose that's that's what makes it hard for me to watch Raw is just because some of the storylines are like you could have done you could have done better mm-hmm yeah I don't know what they're okay. gonna do, but I hope that they they fix it at elimination chamber. I don't have high hopes. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much Monday Night Raw, and we're gonna move into something that I actually enjoyed, which was Vengeance. Oh um, my god, I watched that today. That was so good. <laughs> Vengeance with Sunday, and I NXT never fails me. Even when the pay per views aren't super great, they're great. Okay, and this pay-per-view was solid. It was so good. From start to finish, it was solid. But I'm going to let Nicole go first, then Alexis, then Janae, and then I'll go last. You guys go ahead and talk about what you liked about Vengeance, what you didn't like, and what do you see, where you see it's going. For um, what, well, what I really liked about it, it just seemed sort of like a reset button of how old school takeovers felt like mm -hmm. it was just very high intensity the entire time literally any match on there could have been the main event mm -hmm. that's how good they all were and it was just building and then it was funny because I was in this Facebook group and someone was like that Gargano and Kushida match is probably going to be he's like that's probably going to be a sleeper and I was like okay yeah whatever and turns out he was right yeah mm -hmm. and I because that match was so good I will not say anything about and Johnny being in NXT for five million years for a month <laughs> that's how good that was I'm still gonna do it, um, I'm gonna do it. just everything <laughs> from the psychology to like the physicality of it it was it was amazing. And then the women's tag match was really good, but I, I knew that was going to be good. Um, and I was correct on who was one. I was like, I, I just real. I was like, it has to be Raquel and Dakota because those are going to be the NXT people that are believable to take them off of Shayna and Nia. I would be perfectly okay with that, honestly. Yeah. So I think so. I was really okay with them. Um, grizzled young veterans. I, I, I felt bad. I was just kind of like, oh, I hate it had to be you, but you know, had to be somebody. <laughs> Second year in a row going to Dusty, the Dusty finals and unfortunately losing. But um, this match is probably, in my opinion, best match of the year so far just it was just crazy it was like msk literally springboard spring springboarded into a hot tag yeah 
That was fucking rad. It like was so, there, it was, it was good. It was so good. Yeah, it was just everything, and then it was like someone would get a two count. You'd be like, oh, 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 and then it would turn out. You're like, nope, it was someone out, and it was just like the back and forth. The back and forth was amazing. Um, and then it was like the women's match, a women's championship match was really good. Um, Balor, uh, Balor and Pete's um, Pete Dunn's match was super intense and. Um, it was as being as brutal as it was, even though they did not leave the mat the entire time. I don't even think they really bounced off of the ropes much. No, nope. if I even recall that, they were literally just pound for pound on the mat, majority of the match. Yep. Um, I saw uh, someone on Twitter said that was just like a, basically, if you want European old school European wrestling, here you go, like right here. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's what I then that's the type of wrestling that I'm always getting behind, and that's my core of what I love but it was just and then also it was just kind of funny how um Balor used the 1916 because obviously the, the 1916 is named after um the Irish kind of like rebelling against British rule so I was like oh that's funny it's a little ironic <laughs> history and wrestling folks yeah but yeah it was just good all around Alexis, you watched, did you enjoy it too? Oh my god, like, I get so entertained by NXT takeovers compared to, like, major, like, main event roster shows anymore. It's just, I was not bored, like, that entire time. Even if the match was slow, it was just fucking amazing. And then, it's like, the major shocker that, like, nobody really saw coming, this Undisputed Era broke up. Yes. And I was like, what the fuck? Because, like, I, I saw it in the group chat, and I was like, what the fuck? And then when you watch it, you're like, oh, shit. He, like, <laughs> knocked the fuck out of him. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, I like how Nicole said it. It's, a, it's like a reset button because, um, you know, you, like, Undisputed Era was, like, a really strong foundation in NXT for a really long fucking time. But now they're they split up so now they're gonna you know i do you guys think cole's gonna come up to the main roster i don't i don't want him to come up by himself i think he's gonna bring strong with him i don't think he's gonna go by himself because it's not gonna be (laughs) o'reilly um i i mean the women the women's match was was fucking insane um i cried when the rascals won I was I was so happy for him, um, and I mean it's just and then like Trey is back in Impact, so I'm like oh my god he's probably cheering for these guys right now like crazy. But yeah. it's so weird it's so weird to see him by himself though. But I'm like you got this man, um, like it's just I don't oh, know that shit whole... that comes on soon. Yeah, is it eight? Yeah, it's yeah. about to be eight in like two okay. minutes. All right. That whole show. You gotta get off. (laughs) That whole show was was really uh was really fucking good. I I I had no complaints. I I I'm ready to see what the future of NXT is going to be. Janae, what about you? Um, I thought Vintage was really good. 
I came in towards the end of the Women's Dusty Classic um, when uh, I didn't realize how they did the ramp until um, until Raquel basically pounced um, Ember Moon and she just hit the side of, she just hit the, the ramp and I was like oh that's gonna hurt girl that, that's yeah I didn't know hurt. it was like that until she hit it either I was like Ooh, that hurts. Um, but I, I knew they were going to win. And it, I, for me, I feel like that was the right choice. If you're going to take the tag titles off of Nia and Shayna, put them on them too and let them run rampant in NXT for a while. I really love the Kushida and Johnny Gargano match. I love how they played um, Austin Theory getting kidnapped and then sending Indy Hartwell and um, Miss Pixie to go find him. So it was just them two. No one's trying to interrupt the match. It was a good match. I wanted Kushida to win. Yeah, but see that they're going for they're going to go the Dexter route, which is fine. I do like Dexter, but I really wish that they would have um given Kushida the North American title because I think he'd be a good North American champion. Um, I'm happy they're finally using Kushida the way they're using him. I'm making him very dominant, so I I enjoyed that match. I love the MSK and the Grizzled Young Vets match. That match, it was just it was nail biting to me. Because I was like, who's going to win this? Is it going to be the Grizzly Young Vets? Because they were second place. Are they going to give it to MSK that just came in? Um, I have never seen them as the Rascals on Impact. So watching them on NXT, I now see why they were a good grab, especially for the tag team division for NXT. And there's this one move that um, Wesley did. Basically, he like ran the ropes and did like this crazy backflip. And then... um, Nash Carter did this like jumping over the top rope. Um, there was this one move where one of the Grizzly Young Vets had um, uh, Wesley on his shoulders and he did a suicide dive and like completely flipped him upside down. Like that, that, match, was that match was so good. So I agree that that is like number one contenders match of the year. It was just, it was really, really good. I love the Finn Balor Pete Dunn match to me. That was a really good british technical wrestling match they didn't have to like really beat the shit out of each other they worked the limbs over um that was really awesome i enjoyed the cameron grimes music video oh my god a lot i'm sorry that was stupid (laughs) i i love this cameron grimes (laughs) this stock market cameron grimes it's so it's so stupid it's funny so i i really i really enjoy that a lot um what was what was surprised to me was the triple threat women's match for the title. It seemed really short, um, but from what I from from the media call that they had, that was what was actually supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, they could have had like twenty minutes, but they just ran it the course that it did. I'm honestly I'm surprised Io Shirai retained. I thought that they were going to give it to maybe Mercedes. I wouldn't have been mad at that either. Um, so yeah, I'm just wondering like who's going to be her next challenger. Um, it is true. It does look like it's a Taya. I was hoping that Taya Valkyrie was going to come out and attack Io Shirai the way they had the cameras placed. I was like, oh, she's going to come out and hit her from oh. behind. But it didn't happen. I was like, ah, it's fine. But from the recent signings and to how this like um, pay-per-view went, it does seem like it's going to be a reset. So Vengeance was good. It was like really, really good. Okay, so Nicole, you got Halloween Havoc and you got Vengeance. What's the next pay-per-view name they're bringing back? <laughs> I kept saying Judgment Day. 
Yes, she did. She did. She said Judgment Day was the next one. She called every single one of them. That's why I don't question her. I just be like, just let Guru Nicole do it. Oh, and I, I apologize for us not mentioning this before, but he like Drake showed up. He did. Yeah. But his name is Which LA was Knight. just funny. And I, because I literally did not hear any inklings about this, nothing. So I was just watching. I was like, who is this running up? I was like, is that E? Like, I was like, why is he here? He was in WA, right? Yeah. yeah. He was in Impact. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was on Impact for forever. Yeah. Um, and then he went over to NWA, and that's kind of how he revamped himself. Yeah, I, I like Eli Drake more in NWA than I liked him on Impact. Oh yeah, he wasn't doing shit in Impact. I mean, I'm not a fan of the name LA Knight. I've never seen him wrestle before, so I don't know how good he is. That's the name he, he chose. I mean, I, I guess know, he figured. Yeah, they, they I mean, mo- they choose their names. Yeah, yeah. I guess he figured he didn't want them to own Eli Drake, which I don't blame him for that. Because uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's when uh, Colt Cabana, he was in WWE for a quick coffee break. He was on, like, their version of ECW. He went, he went under a different name because he didn't want WWE to own his indie wrestler name. Which makes sense. I don't blame yeah. him for that. I mean, you'll get used to it. It's not the greatest name, but you'll get used to it. Yeah, it's not yeah. the greatest name. He could have I mean, tried a little bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see how good of a wrestler he is. Against, I've, I've never seen him wrestle before. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see um, his style and how he does in the ring. I loved Vengeance. I thought Vengeance was great. It, NXT always suckers me back in when I feel like the main roster is just sucking the life out of my soul I I genuinely loved it every match you watched you were you were invested because they made it appear as though it could go any way and that's what I miss in wrestling is not always being predicted but when you watch it, you're like, okay, they could actually win. This could actually go their way. And it, that's that's what you want. You want to know that, yeah, Roman probably is going to win that match. But you also want to be like, KO almost got that. Like, he could have won. That's what we crave when we watch wrestling now. And NXT is giving you that. And I just... I'm very, very happy with everything. That tag team match with MSK and Grizzle Young Veterans, I wanted the Grizzle Young Veterans to win because I love them. And I was like... I love them too, but... This was their second I, I hated time. It, I hated it had to be them. <laughs> it was their had second time. And I was well, like, come on. Somebody. But I mean, they put on... Listen, they put on a hell of a match. They always they do. Great. But it's also, funny. you have to think about too. Sorry to cut you off, Alexis, but they um they also put the UK the inaugural UK tag titles on them when everybody thought it was going to be Mustache Mountain. Mm-hmm. I still want them to win those. Times. Like after uh, after MSK won, I, I went on Twitter and I was just like, put the tag titles on them. Put the tag time. Yeah, they gotta get them now. I mean, them if they're gonna numbers. be in a reset, like Nicole said, then that would be a good reset. I mean, because the tag titles. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The tag titles are now on um Birch 
and Lorcan, and honestly, I forgot they had them. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't mind if they give them to MSK. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what I think they're going to do. Um, as far as the tag team match with the women, I was I knew that Raquel and Dakota was going to win, but I I just don't care for Dakota, so I did not want them to win. Um, I think a lot of people don't care about Dakota anymore. They're all focused on Raquel. Yeah. But we called it. We said that if she, I mean, our friends have said it, we've said it. If she gets away from Dakota, she's going to be an awesome single star. Yeah, which is what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to push Raquel to be the next one to go up against Io Shirai and be the one to possibly take that belt off of her especially after her war games win and then she beat Rhea Ripley in that match like I thought that they were heading towards that direction and they kind of swerved us a bit and I was like okay so I guess we'll just have to wait and see then you know yeah Um, I as much as shit as I give Gargano I never expect anything other than greatness from him when he puts on a match but I hate his heel character. So I did enjoy the match, though, with him and Kushida. And I was I was hoping that Kushida would win. But I was aware that they were leading into Dexter Loomis. And I just figured, I'm like, okay, now I see what's happening here. I saw it. The moment Theory disappeared, I was like, yeah, Kushida's not winning this match, which is unfortunate, but he's not winning it. So... Yakuza daddy. Damn, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, NXT is at a reset so they can start switching into in a completely different gear because you, there's also talks about them doing a second show and then the type of signings that they're getting. I think they're, it's, it's like a reset and slash and obviously we're at mania season and i think we're gonna honestly i think we're gonna see more a more than normal number of people called up yeah then and like looking at some of the people that they're signing i feel like just looking at that their third show is going to be so much different than nxt i feel like yeah i feel like it's gonna be like i'm trying to think of something probably and and this isn't like probably like a lucha underground style of like vibe not necessarily like that style of wrestling or the type of i think sort of like that form more cinematic yeah it's gonna be no it's gonna be that more gritty and a lot more indie probably yeah and that's That's what i've been saying too like if you're gonna bring like bring Evolve back, if you're not gonna bring Evolve back, it's fine. But whatever this third show be, this third show is, it needs to be a very indie vibe to the point where it's like you don't know WWE has their hands on this. Like you don't need like these big camera things. Like make it very indie. Let them be true to their characters. You don't have to make these big grand storylines, but make it like you're watching um, an indie show. Because I know whatever the third show is going to be. They're shop- they want to put it, they're shopping for TV, right? So I don't know if they're just going to put it on another night for the USA Network or if they're going to see how well it does move NXT and then put that on Wednesdays. I don't know, but I do know they're looking to put that um, on TV as well. 
Yeah, I think, uh, especially with, and again, like, I, I really do think we're going to see a lot of champions changing hands, and I am really changing hands, like, a different vibe. Like, Ducks or Loomis as, like, a North American championship, like, that's a completely different vibe than, like, everybody else are. Um, yeah. Same thing with MSK, that'd be completely different. Uh, EO's creeping up are almost at she's over 250 days i mean it's okay for her to not have it anymore now that's a decent run There's a lot yeah. more decent it's, run than most people and it's better than what most people expected so exactly yes i thought I, she was I'm fine with her dropping like, the title it gave her a lengthy ride so i'm cool. yeah and she never even if she like loses it wouldn't wouldn't make her look overly weak either no. So I yeah I think it's time for her to lose it. Like I say, I love Finn. I've been saying this for a minute. He should have probably dropped it two takeovers ago. I'm assuming it'll, he'll probably drop it at Mania. Mm-hmm. Fine by me. Long so, as they you can you can win strong, but you can also lose strong too. If yeah. that makes sense. No, it does. That's very true. Like, as long as, like, there's no outside interference or some bullshit like they were doing with Asuka and Sasha and Bailey, but if, like, they legit dropped it to somebody and they, like, tapped clean or they got pinned clean, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, is it, you get mad because your favorite's not champ anymore, yeah, but after a while, you're just like, okay, something new. I mean, and, if, I mean if, if, you, if you're seriously asking, I mean... I've never been one to say, oh, well, you lost, so you're not a good enough person to, to be a champion. Everybody loses. You, you, it's, it's inevitable. So I've, I've never been one to say, well, you lost, so you're, you obviously don't hold the weight. You must be a loser. Like that, that is an asinine mindset, and I don't like it. It's stupid because everybody has to, somebody has to lose at some point. Unless it's Bobby Lashley and then you jumping up, dancing, screaming, celebrating. That's true. That's true. <laughs> You're right about that. Um, so <laughs> let me let me ask you guys this before we move on from NXT. Um, starting, do you think this new class, uh, this new class call up? And let's just start it with Bianca because even though yeah, she came on the scene last year at Mania, she you know came on the main event roster like later on that year. Um. Do you what am I trying to say? do you think that this is gonna be the class that when people see go up they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh shit, like they ain't fucking around like the other call ups have been. Like they're they're for real, they're fucking serious. Um, I I find that to be odd when people say that there's an NXT curse. It applies only to certain people. So in my mind, if you are like a Bianca and Adam Cole and you're like Kevin Owens, then you're safe. You're going to be fine. But if you're coming into WWE, and I don't mean to be cruel to Gargano, but he might be an anomaly. You know what I'm saying? If he ever decides, okay, I'm, I'm going to go up and see how I can do with this going up. Because you can't always go back, Okay. If Gargano decided to go up, he he's one of those who might get mixed up or lost in the sauce unless he gets that that Daniel Bryan treatment. 
Roderick Strong is another one. There are people who exist in WWE and NXT who are more around the middle ground and they just are not going to have that massive traction that everybody expects them have in this bigger pool. You're in a bigger pond when you're on the main roster. So in Finn Balor's case, he just simply wasn't given the chance to do what he could do. He he was railroaded. So I can understand people's hesitation with people like Adam Cole and like guys like Raquel, because they were like, they botched Ember, they botched um Finn, they're borderline botching Asuka, but I'm going to be honest, in Shinsuke and Asuka's defense, they were pushed very, very strong when they got on the main roster, as was Aleister Black, Ricochet, and many of the others that came to the roster. They had very strong push. It was either they fizzled out or they had to take a back seat at some point. And it's just, people just have to remember, you have to think about it and be like, okay, when they came up, did they actually get a push? Asuka's streak didn't end until WrestleMania. That was after she came to the main roster. So she was still going strong. And people forget that. You just have to give it a chance. I'm not saying WWE's perfect because they're shitty and we know that. But they do do some things right. And it's just when it's time for you to take your back seat, you have to take a back seat. So, anybody else? Or are we going to move on to the wrestling, to the freshman class from Capital Wrestling? Oh, wait, I have a question. Okay. So, I was watching Vengeance, and it was the main event, and the announcer came down. Why is there two mics? Because what? they're trying to give it the old school mentality, because back in the day when they did wrestle, and it was like in Madison Square Garden and all that, you had the double-sided mic fall from the rafters. Oh, okay. And that's how they announced it. Oh, I didn't oh, notice okay. that. Yeah, if yeah, you- Yeah, because like, there was like two mics. And I was like, but she's only speaking in one of them. Why don't they just have like one mic? But that makes sense now. It's supposed to It's supposed to echo your voice. Um, if you ever go watch old boxing rate matches or, um, or, you know, big fight matches or old wrestling matches, they usually- they did that and uh it's just very to me I like it because it reminds me of like oh shit like I'm about to watch like one of the most important matches that are or like boxing matches or wrestling matches that's gonna happen you know yeah they and did it for her voice by the way it did amplify it so there there is a method to the madness Alexis is right I didn't notice that it was very cool I dug it well, not to be finished, um, to end it, but Adam Cole did attack Valor and um, Kyle O'Reilly at the end of Vengeance. One can only suspect that Wednesday, that's going to probably be the main focus of everything, not to mention Dexter kidnapped Austin Theory and switched his Twitter and shit. Yay! <laughs> it was I so funny. He just switched his Twitter to his face, and that's all he did. It's just... Like you're a creepy, creepy man. So whatever works for you, bro. So yeah, like I knew something was up because so he kicked Finn, 
And then him and O'Reilly were talking and I was like, the way Adam Cole is standing with this pivoted that way, I was like, he's about to super kick O'Reilly. I said, watch, he's going to do it. And he did. And I was like, you bastard. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see how Cole and all how all of this plays out and where it goes from here. I'm interested in how it plays out. So NXT, kudos to you because you guys did a good job on your paper. I'm very happy with that. Speaking of NXT, the Capital Wrestling Center is getting ready to announce their freshman class, and we've heard the rumblings of who is supposed to be in that class. Most of these class members are going to be women. They said that it is going to be extremely female forward, and Taya Valkyrie is going to be one of those women. We don't know who Taya Valkyrie is. A simple explanation is she's the longest reigning knockout women's champion, and she's She's one of the best. I find that a lot of people don't really care for Ty Valkyrie, and I'm not quite understanding why. Because when I, I was talking about Taya a while ago, and I was like, you know, I watched Taya on, T- on Impact, and I like Taya. I think Taya's um, heel character is funny, but you know, she's she's easy to hate, so I liked her. And they were like, oh yeah, I don't really care for Taya. I'm like, when when's the last time you actually watched? a Taya Valkyrie match. Well, I've oh, never seen the wrestle. I have the answer to that. I have the answer to that. And Nicole knows the same answer that I do. It's because they think she's not hot. Because what? she's too... Yeah. Guys don't like Taya Valkyrie because she's too muscular looking for them. Beth Phoenix is muscular as hell and everybody loves her. So I don't understand. Well, they, she gets a lot of shit that she doesn't because she's she's awesome. Like, like honestly, like with her with Harley watching wrestling with me and her seeing like all this, like I'm glad she's able to watch women like Taya Valkyrie and Thunder Rosa and seeing what they can do. And it's like the and it's just like mostly it's dudes who give her a hard time with the way that she looks, and they're like. Uh, more Simpson to marry someone so much more prettier. She looks like a dude. Morris um, is losing his fucking hair. Like, 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 this ain't Johnny Knight like from fucking like, 20 years ago. And he's coming out wearing the fur coat with the rhinestone crosses. And don't lie, you had those sunglasses or you knew someone who had those sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know what like that's the only thing I ever give people see her give a hard time for is the way because she's too muscular looking. From what they told, from what I was told, they were like, "Well, they already have a Dana Brooke." So, and I was like, "What are you talking? They're nothing about? alike. They don't yeah. have. They don't even have a similar aesthetic." I was like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, first of all, the the shade on Dana is ridiculous. Number one and number two, Taya's not Dana Brooke. I don't think you've ever watched her wrestle or even seen what she's capable of. You're just judging her based off of what she looks like. That's right. wrong. Like, that's dead ass wrong. He was like, no, I've watched her. She doesn't impress me. She wrestles like Dana. I'm like, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. They have a totally different moveset. How can you even compare the two? I'm confused. Who told you that bullshit? It's on my page. After It's right underneath her post. I, I'm just I was floored because I thought everybody would be like 
ecstatic about this, but it's very, very split. Like most people are happy and then a lot of people are completely dead set against it. Now, right. and- I carried that knockouts division for a really long t- fucking time. A year. Most people, yeah, most people year. act as if because you're in, in, in impact, it's somehow a death wish to your career. If she was fighting dudes on Lucha Underground. Like, she, you know, and then when Nicole was telling me about like how, you know, like how she came to be training and all that, like I have nothing but respect for this woman and what she's gone through. And like y'all aren't even going to give her a fucking chance because you think she looks like Dana Brooke. Like, that's okay. When she gets there, then when she starts showing out and them saying people, because it happens every time. It be the ones that be talking all kind of shit, and then they get there and they show out, and then they oh I'm oh I'm I'm team I'm team Ty. I'm like oh no bitch, no bandwagon jump now, <laughs> no am. You right. stay right there on the ground where you at. Don't 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 do that. Stay with the other amoebas. In addition to Ty and Valkyrie, they did release some names that are supposed to be in this class. Those allegedly. Um, her name is Carissa Riviera. If you remember during the Lashley and Lana wedding storyline, there was a woman that came out there claiming that she was Lashley's fiance, his ex-fiance. She's one of the NXT signees. At least that is what they're um, reporting. And then there's AQA from Booker T's um, school. Um, there's um, some guys, I think his name was Blake Christian. He's supposed Isn't to be he just like recently on Impact too. Or am I tripping? I don't remember. Who? I haven't seen Impact. Like Impact. Christian for like two seconds. Yeah, and then there- Christian Casanova is also supposed to be um, signed or confirmed to NXT, but they haven't they haven't announced it yet. So we'll but- probably get the the shirt pick sometime. Yeah, this week. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? I mean, I don't know the other guys too well. I do know about Carissa. I was able to see that she's wrestled in just about every company that will have her in, in a year. She's been in Ring of Honor. She's been in WWE. She's been in NXT. She was at AEW. She's pretty much everywhere. And she's held some championships in smaller companies, so she's not a slouch. We all know what Ty Valkyrie is capable of. I'm not sure what AQA can do because I don't really follow Booker T's school like that. Um, I am excited for Taya. Out of, uh, and it's no shade to anybody else coming in, but I'm excited for her because she, she is such a fucking workhorse and she deserves to be here. And it's like, you know, it's like she's going to come in and it's like, if you want a new start to your women's division, like if you want the old school versus, you know, I don't, I'm not calling her old, but she has been in the business for quite a while. Like she, she will be the best fucking heel, like in your women's division. She will, like you will, you will fucking hate her guts, but you'll still be like, okay, Taya, like that fucking makes sense. Um, you know, but I'm excited for her. I'm happy for her. And like, I was reading a report where AEW turned her down and I'm like, you're going to watch and in a year. Someone's going to be saying, why isn't she in AEW? Why didn't she go to AEW? And you know, someone's going to be like, 
oh, because her husband's in data. No, don't even lump Morrison into this, okay? Like, Morrison's not even a fucking factor. I didn't even think AEW was an option. I'm going to be honest. I don't see where she would fit. I saw a report from uh, Ringside, Ringside News, I think it was called. But, you know, you can't really trust them for like 95% of the stuff that they put on there. True. And rumor was AEW wanted her, but then they turned her down because they said they could not make a star out of her. Out of who? My thing, my thing with Ringside News. Make a star out of who? Ty What? Yeah, that, but the story got took down. So I mean, it's just like it's- <laughs> they took the report down. Yeah, because the thing with Ringside News is the the five percent that they're right on is usually because that's when they actually credited the actual source, which could be PWI Insider or Fightful Select or something like that. But normally, that's why they they took it down because what they'll do is they'll put up a they'll hear they'll see like something obvious so then they'll try to like write some crazy asinine story behind it and then they'll get called out for it by either a wrestler or an actual reputable like dirt sheet and then they'll 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 take it they'll take it down so that's why it's like when I see people go about oh I got it for ringside news I'm just like 99% of the time they are very incorrect and that 1% is because they actually decided to be humans and credit the person they got the story from unless they're writing bullshit fluff pieces about people's asses yeah so like anytime i see anything from ringside news i don't even like post it because it's like you're lying <laughs> that's why i didn't believe it i'm like they're gonna sit here and say they couldn't make her a fucking star like you're so full of shit the only reason why i say i wouldn't expect her to go there is because their division hasn't done anything and you rarely see them on tv and then like, I don't think it would be a good fit for her. So I was like, my initial reaction would be like, why would you even consider AEW? Unless they're talking about, like, building a division around you and Britt Baker and Big Swole and Anna Jay and, like, really starting there with Thunder Rosa and, like, moving forward that way. Like, unless they were making some promises, like, some true promises that were, they were actually going to keep... I don't see I don't see the appeal of AEW for any wrestler, female or female wise especially. I just don't understand it. I mean, I'm gonna I'm, throw out a hypothesis. I'm, I'm just gonna guesstimate. And I feel like there are some really good female wrestlers in the WWE. I'm not WWE, AEW. And I feel like a lot of the ones that we see are probably because maybe they tried out for WWE and for whatever reason WWE didn't sign them and AEW is you know the next best thing to be able to get on TV and showcase your talents and show that like hey I'm actually something that you should have you should have never passed up on and I think that since AEW has this as of right now they have this like if you're if you want to leave then be our guest I do think like if WWE started throwing out fillers to some of these ladies um, that they'll probably take it Hell, I would. Oh. Well, and my other question is, Taya Valkyrie, she's still the AAA Women's Champion, so they're just going to strip her for that title? She might drop it. No, what they did with Cross, um, even though they signed him, uh, he was in MLW at the time. When yeah. They signed 
they let before he was even on TV. They um, because he was because Cross is a cool dude. He's like, look, I gotta I gotta write out my contract with them, and um, that you know they talk to him or whatever. And right before, it's really weird. Like right before he uh, appeared on NXT, he got injured in MLW storyline, mm-hmm. and then he showed up in NXT. Yep. I think I think they'll let her do her thing while she's AAA champ, but she is going to have to drop that title though before she gets on NXT TV, whatever that's going to be. That could be like six to nine months from now. You never know. True. Well, Nicole, you got the last word. What do you think about the freshman class coming in? I mean, I'm excited. Um, and I, it wasn't this call, but Triple H did a call, and he was, and he was talking about the people that they have signed, and he was speaking about how he has quite a few that are ready to go on TV, and then he has a few that aren't ready to go on TV. Mm-hmm. And he said, obviously, MSK was a was a case they could automatically go on TV; they don't really have to do too much. Um, Taya it will be some somebody that they get she can just go on TV. Apparently she was at this past taping. So it's looking like she'll probably show up on Wednesday, which I mean tomorrow which is tomorrow. I'm watching NXT tomorrow. Sorry, AEW. <laughs> um I'll watch A I'm gonna watch AEW um live whenever that Shaq matches because I cannot not see that live like I have to watch that I think it's March 3rd yeah because usually I watch at um AEW next day but no I'm watching that live I I cannot like I have to see that I heard that the Young Bucks are gonna drop that title to to Jericho and MJF tomorrow I'm sure I don't know and that's uh... I'm just gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> That's what I saw, and I saw it on multiple, multiple dirt sheets that I know for a fact they 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 literally get their stuff from PWI. Yeah, I. I'm gonna be honest. Like I watched it last week just because I was like, okay, I'm bored. I need something to do. Sammy, I like I was legit rocked when uh Sammy left the inner circle and I was just like people were and like people were talking about it up till Friday and I'm like okay so what are you gonna do with it and then they botched it but other than that like I don't know like I was excited for that and it's just like dude I'm I can't I can't anymore I can't I'm I, I just gotta watch NXT for a while. I can't deal with the stupidity anymore. I never really watched AEW because um, I never really enjoyed it. But I actually enjoyed AEW last week. And that's saying a lot. Because I usually don't watch it and I don't like the way it's produced. But last week, I didn't have an issue with it. I enjoyed it. It was interesting. They had some things that I didn't really care for, but more for the most part, it was a, it was a decent show. I was like, if they could do a show like this every week, I'll be fine with it. I wouldn't have any issues. It was pretty solid and consistent, and there wasn't any things going on that I couldn't really understand. So I liked the show. 
I hope that they if they they finally hit their groove and they can figure out what they need to do. And if they're gonna add a second show, Oops. fine, you know. But they need to figure out how they're gonna book that and who's gonna be their their anchors for that because it seems they've already figured out who's gonna anchor the show what, on Wednesday. What they need to do, and then we won't, you know, we'll talk about this on a later time, is that Dark is already almost three hours long. I think the last time I saw it under two hours, like an hour and 45 minutes on YouTube. Make that your second show. Get Taz off a of commentary because him and Excalibur are fucking horrible on that show. Thank you, Botchamania. Um, no, it's like, just, just watch Botchamania and it's so cringy. And I, if I actually watch Dark, I have to have the sound off. Like, it's that bad. Make Jeez. it more... Make it more than just no-namers going up against talent we already know you have or that we know you have, we just don't see. Shout out to Red Velvet because, yeah. Big and shout out to Red Velvet. She sent me a pin. <laughs> That's cool. And but- I was scared. I thought I lost it. And this is also, I mean, this is kind of my fault at when I was looking for it so I found it and I was like oh my god I'm so happy so I'm starting I'm slowly starting um a pin jean jacket Oh, (laughs) for all my I'm gonna start collecting slowly collecting wrestler wrestling pins that I like really think are cool and that would be cool I want to see that yeah um, but yeah, just make dark. Make it your official second show. Make it under an hour and a half. Have matches that actually need to do that, or you know, continue storylines from fucking uh, dynamite. <coughs> uh, so that way you don't have to watch another show. So that way I, I shouldn't have to watch three shows just to understand what's going on in one of them. If that makes sense. Right. Um, um, but. Just- but just do that, and for the love of God, just get better commentators. Kaz is horrible, and so is Excalibur. But oh my God, at least Excalibur can somewhat talk. Yeah, it's just it's. Bad. Did you did you watch? Did anybody watch the AEW Women's Tournament? I didn't know. No, I didn't see it. Um, Wait, but I did hear. Why did Mackie Ito lose though? That was. A I have no time. idea. What? Uh. Maki Ito lost for some strange reason. Um, Who'd she lose to? I don't even remember. Who was? <laughs> I can't think of their name. Was it a Joshi wrestler? Yeah, they're yeah. all all the wrestlers that wrestled yesterday were all um, Joshi wrestlers. So right. this 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 day was all the Joshi wrestlers, and then next um, next showing will be the American and it's going back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. until they dwindle down and start getting the brackets. But um, it was I only got to watch half of it. I probably I'll I'll watch the may hopefully if my computer and everything works at work i can finish watching the other half this the other half during the day while i'm doing work but it was amazing it was an amazing showcase of a talent that's overseas it was just nice seeing um aja kong again and it was great seeing um 
Emi Sakura and then Yuka and then um and it was just like it was just really good seeing seeing a lot of them because I haven't seen a lot of them wrestle in a while. So it was just very refreshing. Honestly, I would sign Maki Ito if I was them, but I don't know if they'd be able to get past some of the stuff she does. So I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. But yeah, if no if you guys haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Aja Kong is a legend. And I'm just gonna I'm probably gonna fall asleep watching it tonight because she's just she's amazing and I love her. I'm gonna try and watch it. And on that note, we're gonna move on. Last topic is we see that NXT is moving in the right direction with their stars. And they're trying to build for the future. They're not looking to the past. They're utilizing the past to build the future. So my question is to you, all three of you, is how does WWE begin to build new stars? Cole, I'm going to start with you first. Um, I think it's more so giving them trust see where they can take it don't just freak out and be like oh this isn't working I can't keep this going get let them do what they can I think and then actually trusting them to know what's good for their audience and what's going on and then if it doesn't work then take them off the tv but I think that's it's that. I think it's just trusting the talent. And they kind of do that sometimes. They kind of don't. But I think what they do is they'll trust them and they'll freak out because it's not instantly successful or it's not instantly hit. And they freak out. And they pull back instead of just, like, keep on pushing. Because if you look at, okay, say look at Cameron Grimes. This might be pretty premature. Um go okay but yeah it's trusting trusting the stars and not pulling back so again this might be premature with Cameron Grimes like at first his character is like eh it's okay but it's like something's missing and then with this what he's doing now and I was like oh we might have something here and it's them really putting trust into something because they see some someone in them. Um, even though, like, yes, this person might have been sort of popular on um, the indies, but he was, like, one of those people where people are like, I don't know why they signed him. That's a little, like, I don't, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't see it. And um, Damian Priest was one of them as well. Yeah. Damian Priest was one of them. People are like, why did you like why is people are like why did they fucking sign punishment martinez <laughs> like why no literally that's how people were they're like what the fuck but they saw something and they just let it right out and trusted it and look where he's at now and then also look what trevor's doing um so i think is putting the trust putting more trust into him into them like how Triple H has trust in his. Like, it's not going to be 
automatically an automatic success is not going to be automatically popping and popular but when you see something and you know they have it get it time for them to write it out and really connect with it i agree Mm -hmm. alexis what do you say i think they need to give the new talent a break because i mean my my thing is i agree with everything 100 percent that nicole just said my big hang up with WWE right now is that they are not giving the younger talent, well, not younger talent, but they're not giving the superstars that could be big that chance to shine. And it's like, it. we had a match of Drew McIntyre versus Bill Goldberg at Royal Rumble this year. Who asked for that besides Bill Goldberg? And you have people coming out like Ric Flair and you have Rey Mysterio and, and it's just like, dude, enough is enough. Like, I I respect Rey Mysterio. I love Rey Mysterio. I give him all the respect in the world. I respect Ric Flair. Like, I really think he, he's like one of those guys that made me want to watch wrestling and learn about his career before I knew what was going on with it. But you can't keep going back to the old well. You can't keep going back to the old folks home and pulling them out every time you can't think of a storyline to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, this whole thing with, with Lacey and Rick that was going on, it was already in, in bad taste. And, uh, you know, people were like, well, you know, you get mad when Charlotte's in the title. I'm like, I'm mad. And I've said it before. Excuse me, my hair's all naughty. I've said it before. <laughs> that um, they don't need to keep bringing Rick back into storylines when Charlotte's not in title contingency. They don't, they don't need to do that. This isn't Charlotte Flair when she first came up. This is like Charlotte Flair, you know, now. Um, you just, you have to stop depending on all these old part-time guys to carry the workload. And meanwhile, you know, I've said it earlier tonight, you have people in the back who are hungry, who are working their butt off, who want that minute time to shine just to try to impress people. And you're not giving them that chance. And now, you know, everyone's like, oh, the NXT curse. I don't think it's an NXT curse. I think once they get to the main roster, they're afraid or they don't want them to be like how they were when they were on NXT. So they completely change it and people don't vibe with it. Like, if sanity was still a thing, do you, and they let them stay the sanity of NXT, they would have been one of the most dominant groups on SmackDown. If not the top dominant. But because they were afraid of what they were doing, they're like, oh no, we can't do this. And then they split them up. And then it's just like, and I'm sorry, Tiff, but Cena's in there too. There's no reason why Cena needs to be coming back. There was absolutely no reason for him to be involved with that feud that AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose had a couple of years ago. They need to stop relying on the old blood and trust the new blood. These aren't kids off the street. Half of these people have had careers way before they came into WWE and NXT. They know what they're doing. They have to, I, and that's why I agree with Nicole, they have to stop, like, you know, um, Someone asked Jim, Jim Henson, they're like, so why do you guys on the Old School Muppet Show, they're like, why did you guys always do so much explosions? And he's like, 
well, we would write ourselves into a corner and then we couldn't figure out what to do. So we just decided to, to explode everything. And you just, you, you can't keep, you can't keep doing that. Like you have to let yourself make mistakes. If it don't work, okay, it don't work. Like now is the time that people want to see the new blood. I don't, and that's why I said about Elimination Chamber. I love Jeff. He don't need to be in it. I like Seamus. He don't need to be in it. Like, where's fucking Ali? Where, I mean, like, yeah, Kofi's in there, but where's everybody else? I don't want to see the same six guys every single fucking pay-per-view. I already did that before. I don't want to see it again. Well, Janae, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I'm on the same page. I feel like WWE has this thing where they use, they'll bring in new people and they'll use the new people and they don't give it, they don't give their character time to play out. Um, and they expect that these people that they're using should immediately catch the eyes of the fans right off the bat. And when it doesn't work, they immediately remove them. Um, and sometimes it's not even the wrestler's fault. It's sometimes it's the programs that the WWE puts them in. They put them in programs to where it's like, you don't care about them. You don't give them a reason to care about these wrestlers. And when the WWE sees that, they go, oh, we, then we, we have to go back to what we know what works. And they bring back the legends. Or don't get me wrong, I love the Four Horsemen. Or they keep using the Four Horsewomen all over again. And, and what we see at um, Elimination Chamber, they're using AJ Styles. Don't need to see how many times has Randy Orton gone up against Drew McIntyre. We don't need to see that. We don't need to see the same people that we've been seeing for the past, uh, what, five, six years with a little bit of new people scattered in here and there. Um, so they need to start trusting in these younger guys because if you're not going to start building these younger stars, what's going to happen when you get to a point where you really can't use the guys that you have now. Like they can't go like they used to go anymore. And then now you're going to be stuck in a point where you're going to have to use them. But since you didn't build them, no one's going to care about them. No one's going to want to see them on their TV. Um, so yeah, they, they, they need to rest their roles on some of the younger people because some of these younger guys and girls they do have what it takes they just need that chance to show that they do in the small times they do give that chance to show they actually they do really good stuff like Damian Priest um, I was just reading that he came onto the main roster and just from what he's been doing so far Vince loves him everybody in the back loves him everybody in the back loves Bianca Belair um, they love Keith Lee, they love Rhea Ripley, and these are the ones they're giving a chance to. So it's like, if you can do that for some of these stars, do that for all your new people coming in, because they're going to be the ones that's going to continue to keep WWE on TV. I don't want to see some of these wrestlers still wrestling, and they're in their, like, 50s and 60s. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to keep seeing the same people getting the main title. I don't want to keep seeing Bobby Lashley with the U.S. title. I don't want to see um, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre for the 17th millionth time. And it's not even for the title, but you're putting it on there because you feel like, well, everyone liked it before. Let's, let's do it again. Like Akira Tozawa, he is a great wrestler. And you have him running around in a ninja outfit. 
And what really pissed me off with that storyline was you have him looking like a fool on Raw, but when you had him doing the cruiserweight challenge at NXT, he went he was going undefeated, putting on great matches. You have someone like Drew Gulak who showed in his storyline with Daniel Bryan that he is a viable contender for an IC title. He's a great technical wrestler. He puts on great things, and you have him running after the 24-7 title. You got to do better. You can't keep going back to the same people. You need to start changing and moving with the wrestlers you have coming in. You have a great freshman class coming in. Build them and start using them. Have these older people start putting the younger people over. So when it's time for them to leave to where they can't do it every single day, you go, that's fine because we have this new class that we just built and they're going to help us carry WWE into the future. Um, <clears throat> I do agree. But I think that if you're going to, if you're going to build new stars and you're bringing the guys in from NXT and some of them are coming in cold, they're going to need help. Um, you're introducing them into an audience that wants to see their favorites. And even when they bring in new people, it is a problem because people are still wanting to see their faves. So in the devil's advocate realm, I understand why WWE does what they do. But at the same time, they are not, they're not bringing in longevity when they do it this way. It is stifling. It makes it appear as though you have no faith in your roster and the only people who you trust are those who were there previously or those who have been there for a while. And it's like you you got to put yourself out there on a limb. You've been doing that for years. You know already what to do. You are intentionally not doing it. Elimination Chamber is a good place to start in my mind. You could have scrapped this whole former WWE champion thing and added in people who needed to be built. You did it on SmackDown. You put people in the chamber that no one would have suspected. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think Cesaro was gonna be one of the people put in the chamber, but they put I, him in there. I think Cesaro, I'm, I'm gonna say it now. I really think Cesaro is gonna be part of Mania somehow, shape or form. They have been having, like when I've watched SmackDown, he has been like he has been on commentary a lot. He's been they've talked about they've been building him up, and I'm like, is he finally going to get his push? And I'm all for it. But like just to, and I don't mean to interrupt him, but just to counteract you on that, I love Rey Mysterio. But after seeing him and Seth go at it again for the 14th kajillion time last year, I was ready to fucking tell him to retire. Like I can't, I can't. I'm like no. I don't I don't really have a problem with the older guys being there, but they have to be used properly. When you mentioned John Cena, in my mind, John Cena wasn't taking up a spot. He was helping. He went up against AJ Styles, but he did not win. AJ Styles beat him. He, he beat John Cena. That was a stepping stone for AJ Styles. Usually, that's the way it's supposed to go. You're supposed to make some type of way for the newer generation. You're supposed to step aside. You're supposed to be a stepping stone. That's how this is supposed to work. 
Randy Orton just got it through his head that that's what you're supposed to do. He just, he just understood that, which is why you saw the match between him and Keith Lee. Listen, things are not going to change until the old guard changes with it. They're going to have to be the ones to be like, hey, I want to wrestle such and such. Well, we don't really think that's a good idea. Well, I want to wrestle him. I think he's a good wrestler. He's awesome. Yeah. He's amazing. That has like to happen. Yeah, and that, I mean, and that, it's not to say that doesn't happen, but everybody needs to do it, not just Randy and Daniel Bryan. Exactly. Everybody like they has can't to be, be the on only board. two people doing that. Facts. They have to be on board because Vince is not going to listen to anybody. If you do someone like Roman, which Roman has a lot of pull, he has a lot. So if you're in the back and you're sitting in creative and then they call Roman in creative and they say, hey, we want you to do XYZ storyline with this guy. He says, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to work with this new dude. I think this new guy is the future. We need to start building him. And eventually he should be in title contingency somewhere. You know, we need to start working with him. And they're like, man, he just got here. We can't just, you know, he's like, you got to trust me. They will listen to him. Now for the women's division, they don't always listen to the women. Okay. So that's going to take a little bit more of a male influence, which is unfortunate, but it's the truth. It's going to take people like MVP and when Heyman had power, it would take someone like Heyman to be able to kind of nudge the higher ups a bit to allow women to come in. Because even if they come in too, it is on both sides. You have an issue with the people who are constructing the storylines and the people who hold the keys, but you also have an issue with talent because sometimes talent comes in and they're like, yeah, we're ready. I can do this. And then they bring you on the floor and you flop. Okay. So you have to be prepared. Ricochet is a prime example of that. And I hate to, to single him out, but it's the truth. Ricochet had a very strong push when he got to the roster. And for the most part, he rose to the occasion. But when it came time to have a real feud with one of the major stars, which was AJ Styles, he didn't do so well. He didn't he couldn't hang. So they kind of were like, mm, maybe I should pull back on him. To Ricochet's credit, they could have given him another direction to go or give him another chance because at the same time, Roman was horrible on the microphone when he first came out there and they gave him an opportunity to fix his issue. So as long as you're willing to be better and to do better, then I don't have a problem with taking a risk with you out there. But if you're not rising to the occasion and you're not giving anyone any reason to focus on, then I don't want to watch it. I'm not going, I don't watch WWE just for the wrestling. It's, it's there. It's great. But the stories are sometimes are a big component of that. And it has to work in tandem. They just have to. Because if it's all about the wrestling, then, well, the matches shouldn't be predetermined. We should just let them fight and we'll figure it out later, <laughs> later on. Like my thing with Ricochet was, to me, his wrestling was fine. It was his promos. That were really bad. Mm-hmm. Like there was that one promo. He said something, and was was it Drew McIntyre? Was like, well, then shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and like I saw that, and I was like, I feel like he told him to shut up because like, bro, you're not helping 
this segment right now. His promos were really bad. Now, I will say his promos have gotten a lot better. They have. Um, so I'll give him that. But that, yeah, that's just one of the things, too, which where it's just like if you have a new star that has the wrestling that is good on promos, use them. But if, they, if they're lacking in a department and you know you want to push them, help them get better in that department. Don't just send them out on TV, see them flop and fail around or not give them something to work with. And then no one cares. You're like, oh, it's not working. Time to go to the back. And it's just like, help them. Tell them. I don't know. I mean, some of them superstars do get help. They're paired with other stars. They're pushed with other stars. And it still don't work. Like, um, Peyton Royce is a good example of that. Yep. And it's not, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that any of you are wrong here. But it depends on the wrestler and it depends on where they come from. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't write off C, Rhea Ripley, Adam Cole, or anybody like that having an issue on the main roster. And the reason why is because they're going to rise to the occasion when they get, especially Cole. Cole is one who is never, he's not going to be stifled in any way, shape, or form. Cole is going to be fine. Doesn't matter what show he goes to, he'll be fine. You can't oh, ignore yeah. him. Okay. Rhea Ripley's another one. She's gonna stand out. She's an anomaly too. She's not gonna be someone who can be ignored. But as I said, I can understand someone like Roderick Strong who might have hesitation. Roderick is a great wrestler. There's nothing wrong with his wrestling. In fact, it's damn near perfect. He's great. But character-wise, he's not the best. Like, Robert Crowe would definitely get lost in the shuffle. He's going to get lost. And that's not necessarily his fault. And it's not going to be necessarily WWE's either. Because there's only so much that they can do. So it's either he's going to be a mid-carder pretty much for the rest of his career. And that's where he's going to work. And as long as he gets paid and, you know, he's seen on occasion, he's happy with that. Or he has to rise to the occasion and provide something that's going to make them not look the other way. When you are talking about building new stars for the women, you got to be fucking perfect almost in order for WWE to even consider it. And that's the sad part for the women. Because when you look at Ember Moon, Ember should have been great. She should have been great. Instead, they had her in the back on SmackDown playing Pokemon on her Switch every night. Arguing with Mandy Rose and, I mean, Mandy and Sonya bullying her. And then they pushed Mandy, and Mandy is not a, she. she's just not good when it comes to speaking. And she doesn't, it's, it's, it's weird with Mandy. Because you can see that she has potential, but it doesn't come out. And you're just like, what, what is happening? Am I missing something? Is she not understanding what she's supposed to do? Like her and Dana Brooke is another one. Because I expected Dana to be, to be bigger than what she is. They paired her with Charlotte right out the gate. She was with Charlotte for a while. And I was like, well, after she, you know, breaks away from Charlotte, she should be fine. But they put her with, um, what's her face? Emma? 
before Emma left? They were in a match because Emma was like, oh, you know, you're, you're a good follower. And I think Dana won that. I'm not sure. I think, um, and I think Mandy does try, and I think she is trying. I think she's one of the people that she really would have benefited from Dusty being there. Mm-hmm. Still. Because I believe he already passed by the time she started. Yeah. Or very early, very early on, her being an NXT. So, I don't think that she was able to get her... like promo skills and speech skills probably develop right i mean there is people right there i mean down there who are good with promo but i think really working with him would have benefited her a lot yeah it's a it's a flip it's it's a it's a hard thing but i do i do believe that when y'all say they have to trust in the talent that that is true i do agree that the talent sometimes has a better way of thinking and a better way of, of going. But I think more specifically, they need to work in tandem together. It needs to be creative. And then the talent in these particular storylines need to be a part of the process from start to finish. They also need to have this shit planned out. Like it shouldn't be where you're waiting until the night of an hour before the show is supposed to go where your script is written out. Your script should have been written two weeks ago. Well, it also it also doesn't help that Vince tears it up thirty minutes before they go. That's a problem. I I I don't like that. I feel like he shouldn't be even coming into that type of. If it is what it is, let it ride out the way that it is. You can change it later. Like you can switch up the storyline so that it makes sense later. You don't have to come in like Captain Sabaho and fuck up the whole vibe. And then you're doing it hours before the show starts. That doesn't make sense to me. You're ruining opportunities. And what you also are doing is killing the vibe because certain superstars may need their stuff laid out for them so that they can perform at a higher capacity. And when you do this, you cut them off at the knees and it makes them look like they don't know what they're doing. That's not right. Well, think about what Ambrose said when he left um, and he was doing his interviews. He was just saying like, uh, you know, it, the, the feeling in the locker room, the uh, morale was real fucking low because people didn't know like, what Vince is going to do, is he even going to show up, were they going to, like, he's like, people would show up to wrestle and then they'd be like, nah, Vince decided to cut your match at last minute, and then they'd be like, why couldn't you guys tell me that before I fucking flew all the way out here, I could have went home, you know, it, it, it starts cutting morale, and when your, when your morale's low, people don't care, they don't want to even try, and I think we see that sometimes on some of the shows, especially Raw, when it's like, it could like rock a suck and then we'd be like what the hell happened and then i'll come out the next day that everything was rewritten or the script was torn up like 20 minutes before they went on air and they were like oh so that explains it i don't i i i i, I don't think vince should be a part of the creative process like he like i get it he's the owner but he should not they should not be like here vince what do you think 30 minutes before the fucking show like, get that shit written, 
So come the week, so like come Friday, if he doesn't like what you have written for Raw, you have Friday and Saturday to get it going. Yeah, that's my idea. That's my thing too. It's just you'll hear, yeah, they have the, the show written and Vince came in, ripped it up and rewrote the show. And then you'll hear that the show isn't even fully written yet. And it's like 10, 15 and the show's going off the air in like 45 minutes and they still haven't finished the show yet. And sometimes he, sometimes there are times where you find out he ripped up the show and you're like, oh, that was a good raw. But more than other times, it's like, you, you didn't like the show, so you wrote this, and this is bad. Yeah, this is really bad. And it's just like I kind of just wonder, like your creative team, like how many times was there there was a good show that would have been really awesome with storylines, how it was going to play out from the next couple of weeks, and Vince and Co just came in and was just like, nah. I'll do a better job and then ripped it up and then just rewrote it to where now it's like, well, you wrote it to where it's like a shitty storyline and now this is what you're telling us that we have to work with. I'm 100% sure that happens more often than not. That's why it's like, I feel like it'd be so hard to be, to like apply to be on the creative team knowing that you'll write some amazing stuff, spend hours on it, you get the green light to go and then right before the show starts you're told yeah we're not going to use this so this is what he wants rewrite it so it fits to his needs that's why I'm always like sometimes you're not watching a show meant for you you're watching the show meant for one man sitting in the back and that's complete horseshit like I mean, well, if that's the case, then he can just have them put a private show on in his office and then he can go home. Because, I mean, if you're you're a billion-dollar company and you're about making money, I'm not saying you have to do everything the fans' way because 90% of the fan time, the fans are wrong. I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? A lot of the times they're wrong, and they, they will flip. It'll be... And one minute they want, you know, Brock Lesnar to come back. And the next minute they want Bobby Lashley to be champion. So it's a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to go and do all of this, then I you, I think your model that you should follow, and it sounds fucked up, but NXT has a model that works. Okay. Their scripts are written two to three months in advance. They're very set in what they're going to do. It goes out whether it's 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 perfect or not. The story has continuity. It makes sense. It flows, and then it's over. If it doesn't work or if it's flopping really bad, they'll make adjustments, but they don't change it so drastically to the point where a whole script is taken out and they have to learn something new on the fly. They do what is necessary in minor adjustments to make it work. And that's how it should be. You shouldn't be waiting until the day of to figure out what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, what the script is going to say today, and how you're supposed to improvise off of that. That is nerve-wracking as hell. I don't understand how anyone could be able to be efficient in that kind of, in that kind of environment. Yeah, and it even goes as far as, like, not even the dark match where Amber Moon, I forgot who else was supposed to have a match, and that got, like, scrapped. But there have been times where it's like a raw live show, SmackDown live show, and the wrestlers are in gorilla position thinking they're about to go out and wrestle, and it gets cut. Yep. And you're just like, what? Like, they're literally 
thinking I'm about to go out in a minute, my music is about to hit and it gets cut or they find out about something through social media. Like they'll find out about a match they're supposed to have on SmackDown or Raw, but they found out because WWE on Fox or WWE posted the match and they're just like, what? There's been so many interviews where I've seen where wrestlers be like, I didn't know I was going to be having this match until I saw it being advertised. No one told me anything. And that's that's a breakdown in communication, and that is not fucking good. Like, yeah, WWE is not the only one guilty of not being able to build stars or maintain their stars. AEW has to do it too. And even though, like, some of us watch AEW avidly, and some of us watch it casually. The reality is you you're rest, resting on the fact that the Young Bucks are champs. You're resting on Kenny Omega and his stardom. You're resting on Moxley. You're resting on Chris Jericho and MJF, and you should rest on MJF. But my thing is you have other stars there too, and your women's division is abysmal. There's no excuse for why you're regaling women's matches to five minutes on the show, and they come at the same time every single week there's no excuse for that none wednesday you've got to do better than that and and the if i can critique wwe for their shortcomings the aew has to be critiqued for theirs as well aew has to start relying on their younger talent and i'm not talking about yeah, well, they're old, so they can't wrestle. I'm talking about them being able to help build up their stars. The Young Bucks are there, yeah, but they've had their career too. So why can't you give Private Party a leg up or give S- give um, the best friends when they were healthy a leg up or give, um, what's another one? Luchasaurus and, um, Dr- and um, Jungle Boy a leg up. You're not trying. Yeah. You're not um, trying. You've got Orange Cassidy there. You've got Darby Allen there. And Darby Allen's champion, true enough. But the best thing you can do or the best story you can come up with is to have him go up against Team Taz. And you've got him going up against Brian Cage. He's a man I, all in itself. I just don't understand it. Like, okay, you guys owe me money. Because remember when that whole thing with Cody and Orange Cassidy and they were like, it seemed like Orange was gonna win the, the TV title because they're having all those uh, fucking like spe- special stipulation matches and stuff on like cable. And I was like, so where's Darby and all this? And you're like, oh, he's injured. And I'm like, well, can't he be doing like promos or something, doing that weird ass shit that he does? Cause he's basically like the fucking last major hot topic kid. Like he couldn't, he couldn't be doing like any of those weird ass promos, and y'all are like, no, because that 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 doesn't fit his character. Y'all owe me money. Cause guess what he's doing now? He's kind to be honest, he's not really good at promos. He's really he's terrible. He's bad at promos. But I'm just saying, if he can do this, I'm not. I I I have to mute it. But the fact is, he's doing promos. So you couldn't tell me AEW could not have him doing promos against Cody. And it doesn't matter if it was face versus face or whatever. You told, you're telling me he could not have gone out there and done promos, recorded them, but instead it was basically him. Yeah, think about it. Him building up the sting being there because all he was doing was sitting in the fucking rafters. 
I mean, to be honest, looking at well, his I mean, promo he game, wasn't I wouldn't be have there. Him, I wouldn't have him do promos anyway because he's he's not good at promos. But no, so like, okay, I'll go back to what she, her original statement. Like, but yeah. he wasn't there. Darby Allen ha- wasn't there for a minute, and he was injured. He was genuinely injured. So even if even if we're going by what you said. If he cut promos every week, would you be satisfied with that? I'm not even no. talking about that. I'm talking about the video promos that he's been doing. And but that's what I'm was- saying. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't, he was not physically there and he wasn't going to be there for quite some time. And he wasn't there. He didn't show up for a minute. So if Darby Allen had to cut promos, just strictly cut promos the way you said and did video clips and all that, would you have been satisfied with that and just be like, okay, we're just going to wait. We're just going to keep waiting until he comes back. He's just going to keep cutting promos. But how about when he was there and all they had him doing was sitting up in the rack? It's that no was, different. I didn't say it was any better, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Are you, you're not satisfied with him sitting in the rafters, not saying anything, and not cutting promos. You would not have been satisfied with him cutting promos and not being there either. You would have still been like, well, why are, they, why are we here? Well, well that's like my, I got mad about this whole thing. If you were going to give it to Darby, why did they build up with these special stipulation matches? I just noticed I'm wearing my Orange Cassidy shirt today. Why are they building up all these matches with these special stipulations and making it where he was just one second short of being Cody when Cody was just going to drop it to Darby anyway? Like, what? How? that's the thing that doesn't make sense. And that's what I was trying to get to about it. And I agree with you. AEW I, don't know what they're doing. I and think so what they were... Back. Because I they have the, guys who worked in this industry forever, and they still can't figure out what the fuck to do. For me, I think what they were doing is they were trying to do kind of like the WWE sometimes does, where that person keeps getting beat to feel that pity for them. So when they finally win, it's like getting it's like that fresh. I don't know what the word is for it, but it's like they want you to feel bad for that person. So when they finally win, it's like they beat the final boss. That underdog win, that that yeah, that underdog win. So I feel like that's what they were doing because everyone was pulling for Darby Allen. We were like, give it to Darby, and he just kept coming up short. So finally, when he did win, it was that big underdog story that he kept getting beat, but he kept fighting, he kept fighting, and he finally got the TNT title, which makes it look so much better that Darby Allen didn't give up, and he knew that eventually he was going to be able to take down Cody because WWE does that as well take down cody as if never mind sorry like because like, yeah, they just... made they built cody to this tnt champion fighting champion they built well he built himself he built himself up so much to where it's just like in the eyes of the aew people Cody's cody the god. cody was the guy he was that final boss so for him to beat for Darby to finally beat Cody, that was their 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 that was their underdog story. So I, I see why they did it. And me personally, I'm not a fan when they run these underdog stories, no matter what company you're in, because it's just like have them wrestle. They let them wrestle and put on a good match. You don't need to have a match where this person is getting their ass kicked 95% of the time, and then the last five percent 
they find their their inner soul and then they're able to pull out a win just let them go back and forth just let them wrestle um final thoughts anything else you guys have to say before we we close it out just start trusting in your wrestlers because they're not going to be like Hogan and Taker. They're not going to stick around for 60 years. These guys and women, they know when their time's going to be up, when they want to be able to go home and spend time with their kids and their wives. And don't, you know, you want to make something new. Don't keep going back to the well for the same people over and over again. Don't give the same water. Stop getting the same water. Throw some bubbly in there. Get some of that sparkling water. Oh my god. Cancelize your bud. Use the fil- do something different. Drink, you know what I'm saying? Like drinking water every day. Sometimes it ain't great. Add some flavor to your shit. Put a little like Mio in it. A little Gatorade. A little Kool-Aid. Not too much sugar, but a little Kool-Aid. I'm over it. <laughs> Nicole, do you have anything to say before we wrap it up? Are you good? No, not really. I think I said pretty much what I wanted to say. I only got one more thing to add. Bow Wow did say, he did respond to um, Jobber Tears because Jobber Tears <laughs> Jobber Tears <laughs> Jobber Tears made a post about Bow Wow. And he, was, he didn't miss his words and that's one thing about Sir Wills I can respect is that he don't really give a fuck so Shout out to you, bro. But Bow Wow responded, and his response really irked me. But he literally, in a nutshell, he was just like, you know, I'm coming there. There's nothing you can do about it. And then he said close to the end that I don't say anything when y'all, when wrestlers like them come into my industry, when they're take, trying to rap or they're trying to come in and, um, and act. So I should be able to come in on theirs. Oh, really now? The the difference, I think, in um, the way I see it is um, th- there's a difference. Because first of all, rapping was your in- first industry. It was not, acting was not the first industry you were in. Um, that is an adjacent. And so you're kind of encroaching on someone else's industry when you go into the acting industry. So you can't call a spade a spade when you're you can't call somebody a spade when you're a fucking club you know what I'm saying so my thing is in a sense yes he's right he should be able to come into the industry just as much as they are allowed into the industry of acting but the difference is when you go into acting you actually have to have some kind of skill or you have to be bookable if you're not then you get shut down really quickly so you can come into wwe and fake it till you make it we've seen people do it so it's not like it's hard to do problem is you'll be taking away from people who could actually do it it's very similar to someone encroaching in the acting industry when you know that they're faking it till they make it and somebody else could actually do the job just like in music the music industry is overly saturated. And it is because people are in the industry and can't rap and can't sing. But because auto-tune works and ghostwriters make money, everybody can be a rapper and everybody can be a singer. 
Yep. So, and you should know all about that, Shad, because you used to have a ghostwriter, and I think you still do. Ooh. But the reality of the situation is, and we said it before, I'm going to keep saying it, if you're going to come in to the WWE or to any wrestling industry and you're coming from the outside in, whether it be, inter- and I'm more specific with entertainment, because I think people are going to take it the wrong way. If we say you're an outsider coming into the wrestling industry, I'm fine with athletes coming in because I feel like athletes have a similar work ethic to a wrestler. They're athletes anyway. But if uh, somebody from UFC or somebody from um, boxing, gymnastics, you know, you're coming in to a world that's a little bit more hectic on the body, but I can, I can respect that because I think you would be a little bit more respectful of the of the sport. If somebody is floundering in their career and they're coming into WWE just to make a couple million, I don't like that. So I, I, I'm a little t- territorial over the industry. So you're going to have to shoot me a little bit if you don't, if I don't agree with everything that's happening. However, I will do what Nicole said and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I just had to make sure that people that people know that's what he said. Because it kind of struck me as odd. Because given the fact that he encroached on an industry that wasn't necessarily his, I was like, mm, you're the pot calling the kettle black, bro. You might want to fall back a little bit. Right. Well, on that note, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. So, bye. Bye. Bye.